long enough, it's time for God to give her a miracle where she can get back to the house of God. And we are so glad to see Brother and Sister McDaniel able to be in church today. Amen. Amen. And uh, during this storm, we were, uh, I was talking to Brother McDaniel. Actually, I had, I was in Oregon and I just got off the phone with Brother McDaniel. And I got a text from another man that said, Brother McDaniel needed help and needed to get out of Ider. And so I text the young man back. I said, look, I just got off the phone with him trying to get him out of Ider, and he won't leave. What else do you want me to do? And uh, so another preacher had called me and, and uh, was asking me about it. I said, have you ever had any dealings with Brother McDaniel? He said, yes, I have. I said, have you ever known him to be hard-headed? He said, yes, I have. But we're glad that they're doing good today. Sister McDaniel had a fall and broke her hip, but I tell you what, she just keeps on going. And uh, Brother McDaniel's going to be a better husband from now on. <laughs> we love the McDaniels and so glad that they're able to be in church today. Lord bless them. So let's, let's while we're uh, turning in our Bibles, I'm going to go back to the uh, Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number 5, again, uh, as I did uh, last Sunday. So you can go ahead and stand, turn to Exodus chapter 20, verse number 5. And uh, while we do that, let's all pray for Sister Robbins, and let's pray for Brother Disotel that the Lord would touch them, give them a miracle in their body. God, we ask You, Lord, in Your precious name, that You would see these needs, God. We know, Lord, that You are a miracle worker. We know, God, that You can. We know, Savior, that You will. We ask You, Lord, to touch them today. God, give them healing in their body today. Touch Brother Disotel. God, we ask You, Lord, to touch Sister Robbins today. Lord, heal her body. We ask You, God, to strengthen Brother McGee today and their family and their loss. We'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you, we've got, we got fish waiting on us, and I don't want it to get cold. But I want to tell you, y'all are pretty cold in this place today. And uh, I told Brother, Brother Cooper, if we keep on with this dead church, I'm getting a depression setting in right now. But how many is going to help me preach this morning? Amen. Amen. Last Sunday, I read my text, and that's about as far as I got in my notes. I kind of got sidetracked, and uh, so I want to go back to what I feel like talking to you about this morning. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 5. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. I want to take this uh, and talk about this this morning. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. I am a jealous God. Lord bless you. You can be seated this morning. I want to talk about faithfulness. I'm going to attempt to talk about faithfulness again today. And uh, <clears throat> I... 
I hope that I was in the will of God last Sunday. I, I had some people come by and told me that I was in the will of God. So I, they always tell you that when you're talking about what they think that you need to talk about. So anyway, but I, I want to uh, try to, uh, to, to um, bring some things to your attention about faithfulness. Now, there is, there is absolutely no doubt and there's no question on the faithfulness of God and how faithful God is to each and every one of us. And uh, there, God has just always been faithful. And it, is, it has been said that, uh, you know, people that struggling with uh, if there is a God and, and who is God and who created the world and what happened and what all brought this into existence, and I believe that that just God has just always been. Amen. And God will just always be. Uh, there's not a beginning and there's not an ending. He is just God, and He is God alone. And God has always been faithful to His people. He has never forgotten His people. When you find and you read the story about Noah... Uh, one of the greatest things that that was ever spoken about uh, the flood and what happened was when God said, and God remembered Noah. Noah was faithful to God, and God was faithful to Noah. So I want to tell you today, you can you can rest assured, and you can go to the bank with the fact that God is going to be faithful. And if you're trying to make up your mind in serving God today, if I will serve Him, if He's going to be faithful, true, and just to me, you can go ahead and get that out of your mind and out of your spirit and start serving Him because God is a faithful God. He said He would never leave us. He would never forsake us, but He'd go with us all the way even unto the end of the world. Amen. There is a lot to be said about faithfulness. I read some of these scriptures last Sunday. The Bible talks about the jealousy of God and how God is jealous over us. He was jealous over the children of Israel and He is jealous over us. We read in Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 2 where the Apostle Paul said, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. He said, I have espoused you unto uh, one husband that I may present you a chaste virgin unto Christ. And, and you know, we are living in a world that, that is not really committed to much of anything. And this is about where I got sidetracked. They are not committed to relationship. Uh, they don't want to get into a lifelong commitment of entering into a marriage relationship. Uh, they have the shack up mentality where there is no strings attached. But, uh, you know, that was not God's plan, never has been God's plan, and it never will be God's plan. It doesn't matter what law says in the world. Amen. And this is something, this is something that we need to think about because they are, they are passing laws that uh, totally conflict what the Bible teaches and tells us. And so a lot of people come up with the idea that if society passes a law, that automatically makes it okay. That's not true. 
Amen. It doesn't matter what the Supreme Court justices say. It does not matter what Congress, amen, or the House of Representatives, or the President says. What really brings something into control and a compliance to God is God's law. Amen. This is what we base our salvation in our lives upon is the Word of God. So when they start making laws that conflict with the Word of God, that does not mean that you are to accept them, to condone them, or to go along with them. Amen. So these things have become uh, a part of life in society that we live in today. But but from the very beginning of time, it's always been the commitment and the faithfulness of men and mankind to one another. And uh, so so I, I read this that said an acre of performance is worth a whole world of promises. So it does not matter what you can promise. It doesn't really matter what you can say. But it matters what you will do. Come on now, help me out just a little bit. Just a little bit. And uh, so so it does not matter on these things, but it matters what you are willing to commit to. Your word should mean everything to you. Used to, uh, there was not a lot of paperwork involved in anything. People just had a good old handshake, and it was a done deal. If a guy made an agreement, he was going to keep that agreement. Now... You have to have a ton of paperwork and uh, 15 lawyers hired to figure out the ways to to make sure that everything... This is, this is the way society is. Society is so crooked and perverse. How many has heard the commercial on the radio uh, that tells you, you no longer have to pay your credit cards? Now, I want to tell you, according to the law, if you spin it, you pay it. Oh, now that gets a little tight, and uh, but that's right anyway. Amen. According to God's law, if you make a commitment and you sign your name to it, you are to fulfill the commitment that you have made. Amen. They say, oh, you don't have to pay that. We've got a way to get you out of it. And you just go get you another one and run it up and they get you out of that one. That's not God's plan. Amen. That is being dishonest. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. And God's people are supposed to be be honest. Amen. If there's anybody that should be fair and honest in business that you should be able to go into a business agreement with, it should be an apostolic, Pentecostal, Jesus' name, tongue-talking, born-again believer. Amen. They should never look at an apostolic as being a shyster. You better watch him. That's not... That's not who you are. That's not what God has called us to be. Amen. That's not what God expects out of us. The longer I go, the tighter it gets. But that's true anyway. Amen. You be honest in business. When you say you worked an hour, you you be sure you worked an hour. Amen. Don't be trying to cheat the company. Oh, man, they got all the money in the world. That don't, that don't give you a right to be a liar. 
Amen. Commitment. Commitment should mean something to us. Be slow to promise and quick to perform. How many has ever been around with some? Oh man, I promise. I promise. I promise to God. I promise, man. You can be. I, you. That don't mean. That don't mean anything to most people. But you need to be slow to promise and quick to perform what you said you were going to do. Amen. Deeds are fruits. Words are but leaves. Dependability. Fulfilling what I have agreed to do even though it requires unexpected sacrifices. Amen. Fulfilling what I have agreed to do, even though it requires unexpected sacrifices. Fulfilling what, well, I I know I said I was going to be there, but, you know, this come up. Did you ever call them and tell them, look, man, I am sorry. But you know that Doc's got in the ditch. People can understand that. But when somebody is depending on you to be there to do something, to fulfill something, (laughs) you are expected to fulfill the agreement that you have agreed to do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I can remember, I'm not going to do this, I think I've told you this before, but an evangelist, I wasn't there when this happened, but at church one time, Daddy had took up some pledges for the Christian school. They didn't charge tuition. Everybody went there for free, and he'd just done pledges, and everybody's supposed to pay their pledge every month. And uh, so they was having trouble, and some people hadn't paid their pledge, so he got the notebook out one day and started reading off names of those who had not paid their pledge. That evangelist said, man, said you should have seen the elbows flying at the man punching his wife. You did pay that. You did. And so he is standing them up. He said, you agreed to pay such and such. You know, how you want to get caught up. We think that we, when we have agreed to something, God will understand. That song is so, so misleading that he's going to understand and say, well done. Forget it. He's not going to understand and say, well done. The understanding part is right now. He is a merciful God right now. You better get it right with God right now because on Judgment Day, He's not going to understand and say, well, you know. Well, praise God. Amen. Unfaithfulness Unfaithfulness in keeping, in the keeping of an appointment is an act of clear dishonesty. You may as well borrow a person's money as his time. Now that wasn't me that said that. That was Horace Mann that said that. That was one of his famous quotes. Unfaithfulness in keeping an appointment is an act of clear dishonesty. You may as well borrow a person's money as his time. Think about that. 
I read this. I thought it was kind of funny. I'll share it with you. And um, the church choir director had been driven out of his mind by trying to have rehearsal and chorale practice for a concert that was coming up. It seemed that in every practice for three months, the choir was practicing at least one choir member did not show up for rehearsal. Finally, it reached the, the day that they were supposed to perform at the concert. The choir director got up and he started making a statement. He said, I want to personally thank the pianist for being here for every single practice that we have had. About that time, the pianist stood up and bowed and said, I thank you for the compliment. I felt like it was my duty since I'm not going to be at the concert tonight. So, (laughs) Faithfulness is something that all of us can do, but not everyone is committed to doing it. Faithfulness to one another. Faithfulness to a companion, faithfulness to a job, faithfulness to a church, faithfulness to God, committed to a friend. A faithful friend is not a friend that would get with another crowd and talk about that friend. But a faithful friend is a faithful friend unto the end that may not agree with everything that their friend is doing, but they're not going to criticize everything that they do. Amen. The world needs a whole lot more of faithfulness and a little less criticism. We are so quick to criticize everything we don't like about each other instead of having faithfulness and commitment to one another. I want to tell you today, church, that we are in this together. We're not against one another. We're not to be striving with one another. But we are in this to help one another make it to heaven. I want to go to heaven and I want to see you go to heaven. And I hope you want to go to heaven and you want to see me go to heaven. Amen. There is some, there is some things that we must get in control in our life and realize that society cannot change our commitment and our loyalty. And our faithfulness. Amen. I read a story in the Word of God in Matthew chapter 25. The Bible tells us of a story. Now when you read Matthew chapter 25, it starts out with the the five wise and the five foolish virgins. And then it goes to the next setting and it tells uh, the the story of the parable of the, the man that was traveling and He was going into a far country and he gave one five talents and one two talents and one one talent. The Bible says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one talent, to every man according to his servability, and straightway took his journey. Now, there are some important points that we can look at here. Number one, that 
He gave them according to their ability. God will not put any more on you than what you are able to bear and what you are able to uh, uh, fulfill. God will not require any more out of you than what you are able to produce and perform. God is not a hard taskmaster that tries to get more out of you than what you are able to do. But He wants all of you and not anything less than all of you. See, what we try to do sometimes, we try to bargain with God. And we try to make deals with God. And we say, God, I'll give up this if you'll give me that. And God, I'll do this if you'll do that. When that's not what God is expecting or what God is looking for at all. But what God is expecting is whatever you are, that's what He wants. Whatever you have, that's what He wants. Whatever you can do, that's what He wants. That's what He desires. That's what He's looking for. Nothing more and nothing less than your very best in all that you have. Amen. So He gave them according to their abilities. And when they took the talents, one had five because he had the ability. Another had two because he had the ability. The last had one because that's what he had the ability to work with. Now you say, oh man, one was greater than the other. The talent according to today's standard would be worth somewhere according to $600,000 is what they were getting. Each talent of gold, five would be worth around $3 million. Two would be worth around $1.2 million. And the one was worth $600,000. So they all had something to work with. We know the story how the one that had five, he put his to work. And he started working. The one that had two, he put his to work. And it started working and started accumulating and started doing good. But the one that had one took his talent and he hid it in the earth to protect it from all the elements and all the things that could destroy it because he said, I knew you was a hard taskmaster. Amen. What the Word of God is trying to tell us today is what God has given us. He is expecting a return for it. When God has saved you, He's expecting you to share the gospel with somebody else. When God has called you, He is expecting expecting you to give your very best to Him. It's not a hit and a miss relationship. It's not an on again, off again relationship. That might work in the world, but that does not work in the church and in the house of God. God is expecting all or nothing. Amen. Amen. We find that there was unfaithfulness of this servant. Because the Lord called him an an unfaithful servant. He was unfaithful. He neglected of his duties. He was slothful. He lost the opportunity that God had given him. He had delays, divine delays, and he was not accountable. These are the things that the unfaithful and unprofitable servant dealt with. 
How many times has God given us the ability to succeed or to do something for Him or to be faithful to Him and we neglect the responsibility of doing what we know that God has called us to do? Our God is moving on us to do. God has given us things to prosper, to be victorious, to have accomplishments in our life, successful in living for Him. But we neglect the duty. We are slothful. We cannot be trusted. We cannot be counted on. We cannot be one that is someone can lean on or be depended on. Amen. I I have questions of sometimes why you get such and such always to do so and so and why does such and such always get called on to do this because such and such is the one I can such and such depend on. Some people I don't ever have to do anything because I can't trust you to do it. If you're in a good mood, boy, that's a great thing. But if you change your mind, you don't even let me know that you change your mind. Just don't show up. Don't do it. That's not what God has called us to do. God has called us to be faithfully committed to the work of God, to serving Him, and to be able to be depended on to do it. Amen. You know, in the Bible, you can read about the king that had people that the king leaned on, the people that he could trust, the people he could depend on, the people that if he told something, they would get the job done. No need to worry about it again. Amen. There is people in the church just like that today. It's not because they're better than you. It's because that they have committed their ways and they have dedicated themselves to the work and the work of God. And said, if God wants to use me, I'm going to be available to Him. The reason why God don't use some people is because they refuse to make themselves available to God. But what God says, I want to use you. I want to use you. And I want to use you. But what I want to know, will you be faithful to me? Can you be trusted? Will you be faithful to God? Because faithfulness is not always convenient. When you sign a note on that house for 30 or 40 years, it's easy the first couple of months. But when the doors start squeaking on the hinges, and the porch starts to rot off of the, off of the house, and the roof needs to be replaced, it says, my goodness, the payment's still the same, but... But man, it's not as enjoyable as it once was. This thing is falling apart on me. But don't forget, 25 years ago, you made an agreement. You said this is what you're going to do. Every day of living for God is not going to be a joyful, a blissful day. I would like to say that you would never, it would never rain on you. It would never flood at your house. It would never come another hurricane. 
It would never come another tornado. That your car would never break down. That your roof would never leak. But I can't tell you that. Amen. There's going to be hard days. There's going to be tough days. There's going to be discouraging days. But it's an agreement that we made a long time ago that I am totally committed. I am totally sold out. I'm sold out in the good times and I'm sold out in the bad times. I'm sold out in the good weather and I'm sold out in the bad weather. I am faithfully committed to the work and the will of God. Amen. Amen. And the, and the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gathereth where I have strawed, have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. He said the least you could have done was put it in the bank and draw some interest off of it instead of hiding it in the ground. Now, I didn't come to discourage you this morning, but I come to tell you some of you have talents that God has given you and you have covered it in a napkin and you've dug a hole in the ground and you've got it covered up and you're not doing anything with the talent that God has given you. And God is calling you out this morning saying, hey, there's a little more to this faithfulness than what you're given. Amen. God is asking you for a little more than what you're giving in return. He went to Calvary for you. He shed His blood for you. Amen. He called you out of a world of sin into this glorious light. Amen. What's so hard about being faithful to Him? Amen. He said you are not accountable Take, therefore, the talent from him. What happens is, you can't just maintain in living for God. A church cannot maintain. That's the reason why I'm on you all the time about evangelism. Reaching the lost. Because, you know, we can get satisfied with right here. Amen. I'm well taken care of. The church is well taken care of. I have no complaints, but we cannot get satisfied in just maintaining because that's not what God has called us to do. And the guy that tried to maintain what he had gotten, God looked at him and said, I'm going to take what I've given you and I'm going to give it to somebody else. Amen. I come to tell you today, church, God did not just call us to hide what God has given us, but He's called us to be a faithful servant to Him, to continue to work, continue to spread the gospel, continue to reach the lost. Continue to tell somebody about what Jesus can do in your life. Amen. Take what I've given to Him and give it to the one that has ten talents. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Why do you have your talent hid? Everybody can't preach. Everybody can't sing. Everybody can't teach Sunday school. 
Everybody can't do some of these things that needs to be done. But everybody can do something. There's a job that God has called you to do. There's a place that God wants you to be. There's a work that God wants you to do. Can you be faithfully committed to the work that God has called you to do? And you do what God has called you to do. It doesn't matter if you get recognition for it. It doesn't matter if you get praise for it. Somebody's got to clean the toilets. Somebody's got to mop the floor. Somebody's got to change the light bulbs. Not a lot of praise in that. Somebody's got to clean the baptistry. Somebody's got to vacuum the floor. Somebody's got to do this. Somebody's got to do that. Somebody's got to work over here. It takes a multitude of people in the kingdom of God. How is that part of the kingdom of God? It's all part of the kingdom of God to the growing and the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. God's got a place and a purpose for each and every one of you. Amen. Just find your place and work where God has placed you. Amen. Amen. What are we doing this for? Accountability. Can I spend a moment on that? Amen. Accountability. What is accountability? What does that consist of? Amen. That is a being accountable to someone. Who are you accountable to? Are you accountable to God? Are you accountable to the pastor? This is the reason why you hear me every time unless it's a spur of the moment deal. And I don't have time to come to the pulpit and announce where I'm going and what I'm doing. That you always hear that I'm going to be out. I've already told you I've got to go to Akron, Ohio Wednesday. I'm flying out Wednesday. Be flying back Thursday. I'm going to a funeral. Why is that? Not because I have to. But I want to be accountable to you. I'm trying to teach you a lesson that God smiles on those who are accountable. Well, if I want to miss church, I just miss church without calling the pastor, without a reason why. That's what happens. It gets to where there's no accountability and I just do what I want to do whenever I want to do it. That's not God's plan. That's not what God has called you to do. Why? Because the devil will keep giving you an excuse. Amen. But when you are accountable, you said, well, you know, I need a pretty good excuse to call and say, I ain't going to show up. And, uh, you know, I... Because accountability is something. He said this man was not accountable to anybody. He done things like he wanted to do. And he acted like he wanted to act. You know where that wound him up at? Amen. It's not because I, you know, when people call me most of the time, I don't even remember that they called. But it's just the fact God marked it down. God knows. God's keeping a tally. And He's saying, where's your faithfulness? Because we get to where missing a church is just... Oh, let's, let's get on this a while now. Now, we get to where missing a church is just no big deal at all. Would you miss your job as much as you miss church? 
Take all, take all of your overtime on Sunday and Wednesday night. Are you kidding me? That ought to be days that you try to prefer somebody else that don't go to the house of God and say, look, man, if there's any way possible, I really, I really would like, I know the ox gets in the ditch. I understand that. And I'm not preaching against vacation. I'm not doing all of that. But what I am saying about Frivolous little things that keep us out of the house of God. Amen. Volunteering for things that keep us away from church. Amen. Where is your faithfulness to God? God has been faithful to you. Has He healed your children? Did He give you a job? Has He blessed your soul? Has He blessed your home? Has He given... Why don't you be faithful to Him? Oh, I need the overtime. You need a family. I need the money. No, you need a church. I got to have it to pay bills. You need to quit buying so much and put God first in your life and realize if I put God first and I stay faithful to Him, everything else is going to come to me in God's time and God's plan. Where is your faithfulness to Him? The longer I go, the worse it gets. But anyway, we are fighting, church. Amen. I used to say this in Sunday school. I read this. I can't even remember where I read it. But when I taught the adult class, uh, when I first come to Sealsby, and I, I always said this. This kind of stuck in my mind. And it's always been there. It says, what you do, your children will do in excess of. You know what the Spartans were? Not a football team. The Spartans were mighty warriors. They were known for their abilities and their victories and their passion and their commitment. There's many stories that have been shared about the things that they went to, went through and uh, their, their ethics and their faithfulness and their commitment. But the Spartans were taught that they were fighting, that they were fighting for all the unborn generations that would never exist if they failed. In other words, when they went out to battle, they were told, if you fail, there is generations that come behind you that will not even exist. So failure is not an option. I want to tell you in this living for God, amen, if you are in and out, up and down, around and about, faithfulness, not faithful, come when you want to, stay home when you want to, do what you want to when you want to, how in the name of the Lord do you ever expect your children to get established and settled in the house of God? You don't want them drinking. You don't want them carousing. You don't want them laying out of church. Amen. But we teach by the way of example. Look at my faithfulness. I'm dedicated to God. I'm committed to God. I'm consecrated to Him. Amen. Amen. Again, I'd say vacation is important. In fact, I'm about to take one. Vacation is important. Time to spend with your family is important. 
Getting away, I understand, is important. That has absolutely nothing to do with what I am talking about. But our frivolous ideas and how we put God on the back burner. You know the way, you know the way that life should be set up. You know the order of life. God, which includes the things of God, family, and then the job. There's been a many of man and woman that lost their family chasing a career. More faithful to their job than they are to their children. Oh, son, I'll hire somebody to play ball with you. I'll hire somebody to do this with you. Daddy's busy. Daddy needs to stop and smell the roses. They're not going to be little forever. They're not going to be young always. And daddy, if you don't spend any time with them, trust me, the drug dealer will. You've got a responsibility. Be faithfully committed to your God. Be faithfully committed to your family. And be faithfully committed to your job. But don't let your job become your God. Nor don't let your family become your God. But always make your God your God. Where is your faithfulness today? I know this is not really exciting preaching. And it may not even be what you come are anticipated in hearing today. But it's what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart for this service. Search yourself today. What kind of servant are you? Are you the servant that's taken what the Master has given and have seen it multiply? Are you the servant that's taken what God has blessed you with and worked it and seen things accomplished? What I get out of teaching Sunday school, you doing what God has gave you the ability to do. Be faithful in your commitment to God. Where is your faithfulness to the Lord? Where do you rank in your commitment to God? As I study myself, sometimes I give myself a passing grade. There's other times, honestly, I give myself a failing grade when I compare the faithfulness of God to my faithfulness. 
when I compare the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to my sacrifice. Oh, I really sacrifice. I really sacrifice. When I think about, I miss a meal, I'm sacrificing. I fast a day, I'm sacrificing. And then I think about, he, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. I think, oh man, I'm sacrificing. I've got people talking about me. So that's a sacrifice for me. And I think about people that He healed. People that He touched. People that He preached to spit in His face and slapped Him. People that He called, crucified Him. And I think, You know, really, I'm not sacrificing that much. When I think about, man, I'm doing good. You know, I've had people to walk off and leave me. And then I think about his 12 disciples forsook him, the Bible says. One of them betrayed him. And when I compare my faithfulness to his faithfulness to me. When he looked at the daughters of Jerusalem, he said, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves. And for your children, for what I am doing, I'm doing for each and every one of you. When you think, when you bring life in perspective, when you bring all of these things back together, can you really look at yourself and say, man, I'm really sacrificing for the Lord. I'm really working hard for God. I'm really so faithful to God. But in comparison to what He has done for us. Commitment. Faithfulness. Accountable to Him. Following Him. Working for Him. Let's all stand. If you would look at Matthew chapter 25, the different parables that he shared there, you will find that they are dealing, they all go back to being saved or lost. Saved or lost. Good or bad. Accepted or rejected. And this one dealing with faithfulness. I want to tell you, when we go before the judgment seat of Christ, and everything is laid out before us, what will He have to say? Yes, you had the Holy Ghost. Yes, you lived a separated life from the world. Yes, you were baptized in Jesus' name. But can He look at you and say, Thou good and faithful. Thou good and faithful. You can be good and not be faithful. I guess you could be faithful and not be good. But he said, you good and faithful servant.
Enter into the joy of the Lord. I don't know about you today, but that's what I'm working on to hear Him say, Well done, thy good and thy faithful servant. Whatever you must needs do to me today, God, shake me, wake me, get my attention. Help me, O God. I want to be a good and a faithful servant. I want to ask you today, I know this is kind of different. The service has kind of been slow and it's quiet. But I pray that God is talking to someone this morning. That God may be just ringing your heart's bells today. To get you to wake up and realize how important it is to be faithful to Him. I want to ask you, is there anybody that would like to step out and say just in the comparison of God's faithfulness to mine, I just, I've come up way short. I could do so much more. I could, I could be so much closer. I could, I could accomplish so much more in comparison, not to my brother, not to my sister, but in comparison to Jesus Christ and His faithfulness to the church. I want to know if there's anybody that would like to step out and lift your hands toward heaven as you make your way to this front and say, God, help my faithfulness. Help me to be a faithful servant. Help me to be a faithful servant. Help me to work for You like I never have. Help me to be more committed than I've ever been before, God. Hallelujah.